There's another side to good health, and that's good mental health. Sage the stew. These are herbal. Herbal essence. Raspberry leaf, lavender, <laughs> and how did Connor pronounce it? Mullen. mullen? Yeah, <laughs> that's what the, is that, that's what that is. It's mullen. Yeah. We're, we're love it. Love it. Bless, right bless the podcast. Bless this. Bless this mess. <laughs> Oh uh, man, well Cole, thank you so much for for joining us. As you can see, we love a we love a cold open on on group golf therapy. Uh, where where are you where are you tapping in from today? Uh, I'm in uh, Santa Monica, California. Where are we going? This is we're we're in. We're, this we're rolling. Is it. Oh, this we is the we rolling, yeah. baby. Love it, love it. Uh, you're only a, a stone's throw from me. I'm in West Hollywood. Okay, cool. Heck yeah. 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 So Bradford's based in in L.A. I'm in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And Connor, uh, who unfortunately fell violently ill this morning, uh, is based in New York oh, City. No. Uh, so it's just going to be, you only get two out of the three uh, of, the, of the shrinks today, but uh, we're going to make it work regardless. Okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, departure from typical therapy sessions where, uh, you know, it's one-on-one, sometimes virtual, sometimes in person. Yeah, I feel like three-on-one would have been a little too much, so I can handle I can handle this two-on-one thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh I've never met my therapist in person. Really? And oh really? Yeah. We've been working together for two years. Hmm. Um and you've never wanted to do like an in-person session? Honestly, you know what? I, I hadn't ever thought about it, actually. I uh before working with her, I had a therapist for a year and a half, and he and I were in person, and then the pandemic hit, we went we switched to virtual. Hmm. So I've just been used to virtual. So this feels feels normal. This feels in line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Interesting. Um, Thus far, this feels more like so this guess, feels more like a podcast than a therapy session. But we'll see where it goes. <laughs> right. That's what you say now. Well, Cole. On that, That's what you say now. Exactly. Right. Wait till the tears start flowing. <laughs> um, for our listeners, Cole, can you give us uh, the elevator speech? Give us the the, the um, elevator bio. The yeah, I, I got I got that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. My name is Cole Walser. I am a director by trade, but also uh, do some on-camera work with hosting and some acting. Uh, I've been working in short-form content for many, many years, commercials, music videos. Uh, the thing I'm most known for is uh, shooting and directing slow-motion videos on the red carpet at the biggest award shows like Oscars, Grammys, uh, People's Choice Awards, Emmys. So that's the thing I'm sort of most publicly known for, um, and it's a uh, facet of my career that is fun and exciting and i also started golfing a couple years ago and i think therapy is great so this is this is who i am (laughs) perfect one of us when you joined the directors guild what was that conversation like hey i want to do slow motion videos on the red carpet oh i joined before the slow motion videos were a thing um and it was really it's it's so interesting to get into the dga it's quite simple but it's very difficult you need to direct one dga job that's it and you can get in the dga uh and so but you know dga jobs are difficult to get because they require a ton of other things and like only jobs that are certain budgets can support dga jobs so it's like to get up to the world in which you're getting hired for a dga job uh is is quite difficult and this was 2014 for me i was doing a thing for apartments.com with it. This is Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, back in the day. Yes. Um, and so I, I was shooting um, essentially like some content, like interviews and stuff with him. 
and it was uh, it, it was evident that I was having to give him direction for the thing that the agency wanted me to do. They're like, oh, you have to. It's this isn't just like, oh, you're kind of there with a the camera. You're like directing talent. Uh, and so I raised this point, and they're like, yeah. And then the job was DGA, and, and so I I got on a DJ contract, and then I like actually I ended up deferring for a long time. So you can join off your first job, but then you can defer up to ten days work where you don't have to join because it's expensive. Like to get in the union, you, it's like right. I, I don't know. I'm not going to quote the price, but it's multitude of thousands of dollars to join. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, but you could just defer. 10 times and then you're a must join and then they're like okay now you need to pay us so that's what i did same thing with sag man it's it, it yeah. is a it takes all your heart and soul and time and energy <laughs> just to get booked yeah yeah <laughs> then when you talk about joining the union it's a whole other yeah so shout out to all of my my budding creatives entertainers out there that are trying to break into the union uh godspeed yeah <laughs> how did you learn about yourself that like creativity was was going to be uh, um i guess a not only a passion but a stream of income for you this is a good question i i know when i learned that it could be a stream of income but i don't know where i learned that this was like a passion and a thing that i wanted to pursue i think it was sort of clear as i was younger that i had always been interested in creating and like understanding how things work i would take stuff apart as a kid put it back together and i was always like making things just because that that invigorated me and and i and i continued you know i i had done a bunch of expressive things in my life uh I, I i played music when i was younger i danced a bunch I performed you know and then somewhere along the lines i got a camera put in my hands and i learned how to shoot and edit and just became enamored with creating this artistic expression through video you know it wasn't until college where i was like oh maybe i can do work with this thing that i like doing but the pursuit of like creative expression is I, I think really uh, the way to frame it is I just never lost it. You know what I mean? I never because as kids, mm -hmm. I think we always have it. Right. And I just never lost it. I never switched focus on other things. I never abandoned it. It just sort of stuck with me and I stuck stayed making stuff to the point where when I was an adult and had to think about what I can do to make a living, I was like, well, I like making stuff. Maybe someone will pay me to make, you know what I mean? Um, so that I think that's how it kind of unfolded. I love that. I, I think that, I think you really hit the nail on the head when you said that all kids or, or when we're younger, we have this knack for creativity. And so I'm, I'm a dad. I've got two kids. My oldest is five and my youngest is two. And I see so much creativity out of both of them in, um, you know, different mediums and different formats. And I'm thinking that looking back at my own childhood and it's like, if I would have had, like, I feel like I was a really creative person as a kid, but I was like basically told it's like, hey, like creativity is fun, but you need to think about a real job with numbers and business. So, you know, we did the did the route, went to business. Suit. Yeah, went to business school <laughs> was like, what is the outcome going to be? How am I going to get a job? And then I realized after getting jobs, it's like I still like doing creative stuff. And now here I am, you know, creating a podcast and creating a new lane in the golf space. So what all that being said is. Do you feel like you had that uh, that fostering of of creativity was shown to you at a young age that was you were able to shepherd that into adulthood? I don't I don't know really to be honest. Uh, I I don't know if there was anything that that fostered it explicitly. I, I, again, sort of rephrasing, it wasn't like it was fostered. It just wasn't forcefully removed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I Got just it. was totally. able to just hold on to it. 
because as you mentioned, it's like, you know, there comes a point where people are like, oh, it's like, you got to do this. You got to do that. You can't, you can't do creative stuff. You know what I mean? And I think that, I mean, I, I, I guess those things were said to me, but maybe I just had the thing in my brain where I was like, nah, like, nah, no, I don't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't know exactly. Maybe that's all it is. The person that like ends up being creative is someone that just like is fine with not listening to other people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think on some level you always know, like, I hear you. Like, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Intellectually, I can understand what you're saying, but like, that's not for me. <laughs> but I didn't know like you know it's like I think in hindsight it's like uh, uh, oh I can pretend that I knew what my destiny was but I have no idea I'm like I don't know if I can get, if I can work if I can sustain myself I was just kind of like I, I, I generally am pragmatic about a lot of things and I was kind of like well I, I'd like to try at least you know what I mean like give myself I kind of was like well so my situation because I'm from Vancouver Canada originally and so for me to pursue film I had to move to LA and for me to move to LA, I had to get a visa and a visa is three years for, I have, I have an O, well, no longer, I'm on a green card now, but originally I, I got an O1 visa, which is an alien with an extraordinary talent or ability. It's my technical term for what I did. And you had three years. So I kind of was like, all right, well, I got three years to try to like make something happen, which I think is a good amount of time in LA because I think a lot of people come. And after like six months, eight months, like, oh, I'm not on a TV show. You're like, okay, like it takes, it takes a little <laughs> bit more time. Yes. And so, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I, I just wanted to try. I, I wasn't as confident as like going, oh, I'm going to go make it. I'm going to go like do something. I'm going to like have this big career. I was like, I hope, but I don't know. Right. Like maybe, maybe nobody hires me and I go home. I, you know, <laughs> but it was something, I mean, it, so it wasn't the, it wasn't the overconfidence that, that allowed me to not listen to people. It was, uh. It was just this desire that I, I felt like I owed myself a chance to try to do something that I knew would be personally rewarding. That's it. Can you uh, point to a, a time before you moved where you did something creatively that stuck with you that that maybe ignited the spark that was like, oh my God, I'm going to do this. Uh, yeah. And it wasn't necessarily creative. I mean, I guess it kind of was, but it, it was more, well, I'll just tell you what it was. It was with skateboarding, actually. So like growing up, I would skateboard and I was very uh, obsessive and determined and I got quite good at skateboarding at a young age. Uh, I was sponsored. I had a number of different sponsors. I, I would compete. And this is a thing that like, you know, when I'm in school and my friends are like playing basketball and like, and actually golfing, like my friends in high school were on the golf team. Uh, you know, they were <laughs> golfing, playing basketball, playing baseball. I, I did some of those growing up, but like, as we were kind of finding our own identities, I was like, oh, I'm a skateboarder. I want to go skate, you know? And so I, 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 you know, skateboarding is always, I mean, it's had fluctuations, but when I was skating, it was definitely still sort of like this rebellious non-mainstream anti-social kind of thing uh and, and it was very much against the grain and so the thing that happened was i got good at it and then i got like attention and respect for it because i was good i was friends i i remember being in starting high school in canada you start in grade eight and uh i would meet i met a bunch of other skateboarders who were in like grade 10 so like years older than, than me which is quite a huge difference at that age and i was better than them and so they like respected me and then i'm like hanging out with these people that are like two grades above me 
and better than the skateboarding. Now, all of a sudden, like people at the school know who I am. And it's like, I get this attention and respect. And through skateboarding, I, I kind of realized like, oh, I can do something different. And if I do it well, I, I can get some version of like success. And so I think mm-hmm. that was the lesson I learned through skateboarding. And when it came time to be like, okay, let's let's parlay this into a career or a, an opportunity for work in the film industry. I was like, this is the same kind of thing. Film industry is like against the grain, not like atypical and sort of like a, a, a risk in some sense. But if I if I work mm-hmm. hard, if I do this well, maybe I can sort of like get some respect and 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 make a name for myself and thus build a career. And so I kind of took my approach with skateboarding and just shifted it over to filmmaking. Isn't it so interesting how so many skaters gravitate toward golf? Well, it wasn't this way. It wasn't this way back in the day. <laughs> there was no golfing. There was no golfers when I was right. Skating. Well, the the golf or the skater golfers that I know had a similar journey. You know, they were quite successful when they were young. Um, maybe some of them still are to some to some extent and golf is like that other outlet and in having conversations with some of them um you know they tell me you're using the same part of your brain it's still extremely creative like when uh you know i don't want to speak for you or for other skaters what they get out of it but when you're on your board you you're exploring you're creating constantly you're constantly making up things you're constantly trying things failing getting back on trying it again same thing happens in golf and um it's very feel-based like i was not i was not a very good skateboarder though i tried um but you know when you're attempting a trick you know you try it feel it go that didn't work what if i try it like this what if i you know flick here instead of there what if i you know bow my my ankle this way instead of that way same thing happens in golf you know you you're constantly tinkering and tweaking um and the i just think it's so cool how those two things are are parallel in a way and as it relates to you know your creative pursuits uh professionally i think that's the lifeblood of creativity constantly failing you know constantly yeah. tinkering like i oh, i set up this shot and i hate the way it looks because of the way it's lit so if i go outside at 6 30 instead of 5 30 you know the light's a little warmer you know i yeah i, I, I shot this whole thing and it, i hated the way it turned out but if i go this way you know if i go down this alley stay away from this tree <laughs> you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely it, it's interesting the parallel you draw between feel because it is very much like that you know it's like you on the board it, it's really you're feeling the execution of whatever trick you're doing uh and that and that that translates quite a bit to golf i, I would add the other thing uh is, is repetition and the desire to be consistent at 100 percent of the time like when you go to do a skateboarding trick the goal is to be like, you can do this trick every time. You know what I mean? You don't want to kick flip down a set of stairs. Like the, it's not like you've done it once. You, you go do a trick down these stairs and land it every time. Like that's the goal. And you have this like tenacity to be like, I'm going to throw myself off these stairs a hundred times <laughs> so I can, I can dial this in so I can get it every single time. And golf is the same way. It's like, like okay, you just like will run these drills where you're like, I'm going to swing my six iron every time like a hundred times until I can figure out how to strike it pure every time. Cause it's not, it's not good enough to be like, 
oh, I hit my six iron good once. <laughs> You're like, okay, you know, right. do you want to hit it good every single time? And the same thing with skating. It's like, you want to be able to line your tricks every single time. So the goal and pursuit of this highly precision, highly, highly repeatable skill slash movement is very much in line in both of those two sports or endeavors, shall we say. And you're also like, you're getting response from the earth also. Like you're feeling mm-hmm. the ground beneath you in both things. I Because um, you, you need the ground force. Yeah. And the terrain's different all the time. That's another similarity. Exactly. No two lies are the same. Yeah. Yeah. You go skate this set of stairs, that set of stairs. They're all different. They're cracked different. You got to approach it different. You know, so you're really kind of thinking it's sort of like, such a different expression, but I think, yeah, the mentality of like what you're trying to achieve is actually a lot similar than, than one would think, you know? Yeah. So that's a very long answer as to why there's so many golfing skateboarders now. (laughs) Yeah. I think we just unpacked it though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We just discovered it all. It just made perfect sense. We talked, we talked about it the other day on a, on a different episode, but the, the comment was brought up that golf is a sport that you never win, but skateboarding too is a, a sport that you never win. You can't beat it. You can land a, a trick one day, but that doesn't mean like you just go back and do it again. Like it's, there's no, there's yeah. no, it's not like a sport where it's like, you know, one person wins, one person loses golf and skateboarding. It's, it's constantly evolving. You're, you never you never hit the mark every single time so i think that's why they're both they're both solo endeavors and the the rush of trying to to flush a seven iron or nail a new trick that you're trying to learn like that's what that keeps you coming back to both sports yeah absolutely except for skateboarding you can't do it as well when you're 45 and you can golf hopefully no longer <laughs> and the amount of people that have like broken ankles golfing is I'm sure it happens, but quite yeah. a few, we cut a lot less than skateboarding. Cr- crazy. Shit, There's like a lot fewer. Years yeah. Ago? <laughs> yeah. Unless you're telling yeah. now. Well, going, going, pulling on the, the golf thread, um, you said that you, you came to the, to the sport more recently. What was it, uh, that, that brought you to, to the dark side of golf? My friends really, you know, so, so I actually did, I played for like two years in late high school with my friends who were like on the golf team. They were quite good, and so I, I got a set of clubs, and I played two seasons, and had a wicked slice, and we didn't know how to get rid of it. There's no internet back then, really. There's no YouTube for me to like figure out what, how to how to fix this thing. So you know, it was like fun. I like got the foundation, and then I stopped playing for many many. I, I stopped, stopped stopped playing completely during the pandemic. It was like my friends were playing, and we were we started playing tennis together. So we're like doing these outdoor activities that you're sort of like allowed to do. And they were like, oh, you got to come golfing. You got to come golfing. And I resisted for a long time, like six months, mostly in part because I was like, when I, if I do something, like I only go full out. I'm like, get obsessed. Mm-hmm. I read all the things. I'll just become super immersed in like whatever this activity is that I'm trying to pursue. And it takes over my life. Uh, this is one of the reasons why like I do my best to avoid watching like series. It's like, I've never seen game of thrones because it's like i'm just gonna become obsessed and watch everything single episode and it's gonna take over my life so i'm like i need to just avoid it all together uh and this is part of the reason why i i didn't pick up a set of golf clubs again uh, until we actually we played tennis one day and they're like oh, they were gonna go golf after like why don't you just come there's like a there's a there's a restaurant on the course we're like we're gonna go eat lunch we'll have a beer or whatever and then like you can go home and we'll go play so i'm like sure sounds great so we, we wanted to go eat so we go ate lunch at penmar which is this little like executive course here on the west side of LA. They have a cool little clubhouse and it's like you sit, you watch people 
putt. And then you can see people like tee off the first tee. It's like a gorgeous summer day. We got this food. We had a couple drinks. And then uh, near the end, they're like getting more drinks, like loading up their cart and like pushing their clubs off to the first tee. And I was like, well, y'all are just going to go out into the park and like hang out and drink together for like three hours. I was like, what am I? Yep. I was like, why am I not joining you guys? <laughs> and then I literally went home and bought clubs on the internet that day. That was all the time. Uh, what did you get? The Like the Callaway Strata, like 15 okay. piece, like, yeah, oh, beginner nice. set, which, which was nice. great. You I, got I played that, those yeah. for like a year. <laughs> And now I, I have since moved on to some fancier stuff, but but those are <laughs> I just gifted them to my friend who's starting to play too. So it's like I've passed them on. So he's he's playing. Pay it forward, them. yeah. Yeah. That's that's um that's the 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 life cycle of golf. You know, you you especially uh, with that set, right? Like it's great. Get started and then like what are you gonna do with it? Like yes. I'm not really gonna sell. I just give it to another friend and unless you're a collector. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know anybody that's trying to collect stratas. Um, <laughs> no. and you never know. But you, you never know. You outgrow the shell, and then you you pass them on to the next one. Um, I, I had an experience with that recently. I just moved, and um, as I was like literally loading up my car, I had three sets of golf clubs, and my neighbor was getting in his car and like heading to work that day. And you know, we chat occasionally, and I was like, "Hey, do you golf?" He's like, I have a golf audition today, actually. And I was like, you want a new set of clubs? <laughs> and he like his mind was absolutely blown. And like now he's yeah, like, he's like my go to like range buddy. Shout out to Craig. <laughs> um, that That's that's cool, though. I mean, Penmar has a way of ushering people in and and like giving them an embrace. Like it's such an approachable place not only yeah. just because of like the atmosphere but like the course itself is like super accessible most of the the fairways are are well taken care of it's pretty flat it's nine holes you can get around it in a couple of hours on a good day mm-hmm. um and i'm just i'm thinking you know at that time you know we're in the middle of the pandemic what else are you going to do and just like you said exactly y'all about to just go walk in the park with some and, beer and for three hours and have fun yeah yeah, yeah. count me in yeah. sign me up yeah, exactly. Literally, I was like, literally, sign me up right now. I signed up immediately. Is Penmar still somewhere you you like to go? Yeah, 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 definitely. Because it is. I mean, uh, I because I, I I sort of like, you know, I I I work on my own time. I I can go play Penmar at seven in the morning on a Tuesday and get a couple rounds, get around in before you know I have calls at ten, which is which is super handy, and it's I'm quite close to to there so that that makes a lot of sense now I, when i play with my friends at the weekend uh we'll go play like a full 18 somewhere but penmar's so great just to go and get nine holes in in the morning awesome tuesdays at seven is actually a really good time to go yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i, I, know, I know people that go there at that time like co- pretty consistently it's, <laughs> yeah. it's cold, cold it's, awesome. <laughs> it's me right yeah there's a squad out there i'm the 7 a.m tuesday guy <laughs> Damn, don't don't blow up his spot guys okay <laughs> like cold golf at seven on tuesdays so since uh since golf is like you you've um re-engaged with it uh during the pandemic what's something that you've either been surprised to learn about golf or disappointed disappointed is a good one because obviously i have tons of fun and I enjoy it thoroughly. I'm sure there's something, but I mean, surprised that like, 
like how hard it is even though knowing how hard it is like still every day is surprised at how hard it is and how bad i am um well more specifically what what has surprised you about yourself through re-engaging with golf just that how much i love to do something that's difficult you know like i really love a challenge and i really love working and progressing at something what whatever it is um and so the fact, you know, it's like it can be quite frustrating how hard it is, but I fundamentally believe that that's the thing that actually makes it rewarding, right? Like if it was easy, it would just mm-hmm. be like, you know, if you can go shoot half decent, like even shoot like, you know, under break 90, like in a, in a couple, in a m- couple months, you're like, okay, like I'm kind of good enough. You know what I mean? But like, it's really hard, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, I guess it's surprising, like, like just realizing that like I, I do like like hard things are enjoyable despite them being hard and frustrating you know i think that's a surprising lesson that i learned through golf mm-hmm. hmm. yeah does where else does that show up for you well I, I i think like i mean the sadistic nature of trying to be successful in hollywood <laughs> start there yeah uh, you know <laughs> you read a book on that it's hard yeah <laughs> this hard thing that is frustrating, but, uh, but somewhat rewarding. Uh, yeah. I, I just think that that, like that idea, you can apply it, you can apply it to anything that you have any sort of resistance in doing. Right. Cause sometimes it's like, there'll be a thing that you feel like you should do, but you're kind of like, ah, like I don't want to like going to the gym. It's like, ah, like I'm tired, whatever. You know what I mean? But it's like, I, I think that it's a good reminder that fundamentally these things that are really hard, like are, are that much more rewarding or like the, the, the the reward of doing them is like is is in the fact that they're hard so it's like if you're on the fence about it or you feel like throwing up an excuse it's just sort of like it can serve as a reminder to like push through because it's actually is despite it being hard the thing that you really want to do you know is there anything that comes to mind that like recently showed that to you like is there something recently that you've had to push through cleaning my house (laughs) And being like, <laughs> you're like, I don't want to do this, but I know I should. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, as mundane as that is, like, that applies there. You know what I mean? Um, For sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, as big as small, I think that 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 this this thing can be applied to again anything that you have resistance to. Be it cleaning your house, going to the gym, you know, making a hard phone call to like someone you care about to be honest with them like these are Mm. things that are hard that you know you should do and it's like any time you can because all you need is a little push right like you're you're always like you only have resistance when you're on the fence right like if it's like if if you know you're like oh i don't want to do this i know i'm not i'm not going to make this call and like i know i'm not gonna have this conversation with my friend or whatever it's there's no resistance i know this isn't happening right and it's only in these instances where you're on the fence, where you're like contemplating it. And all you ever need to make a decision is like a little push in either way. And so if there's something mm. that you can reflect on of like what you like, how you feel you want to approach and navigate life. And if it pushes you, I just feel like it, it's good to push yourself in this direction that generally is hard. Because because, again, the reminder is that like it is worth it and it is and it is rewarding. Right. So like. Mm-hmm. I just think that like you can, you just need a little push that, that makes the difference over a, a week, a month, a lifetime. Like that, that is the thing that makes a difference that puts you 
in a, in a place to just live a more rewarding life, I think. So growing up in in uh, in Vancouver in Canada, what was the golf scene like for you as growing up? And I know, like you said, you 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 played a little bit in high school. Um, I, I think the thing that we see a lot from talking with people all over the the country and all over the globe is golf is very regional as to the culture of the golf the golf scene. Um, so yeah, do, what 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 was it like when you were when you were playing back home? Man, can I even remember? Because I only kind of <laughs> played like two summers. I, I remember just obviously enjoying uh, being my friend with my friends out on the course and like the like clubhouse environment. I feel like generally people were welcoming. You know what I mean? It's like I think it's interesting too because you kind of have to like dress the part, right? So it's not like you can show up mm-hmm. at least back then and like wear whatever. It's like we had to be like tuck polos, like the whole thing. And as like a kid who's like sixteen, seventeen that doesn't normally dress like that, it was just sort of like an interesting thing. Like you, you just kind of show up not as expected but sort of as required um and yeah. we fit in you kind of have a was... tendency to go over the top yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Literally, <laughs> like, like oh, i don't want to like be weird I'm about this or stand pressing up. this shirt <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. exactly i'm right? tucking so this all the all way these... into my shorts yeah you do all these extra things um but yeah but but the community was like welcoming and, and you know i don't know maybe it's because i was with friends that were like quite experienced and they just knew the ropes and I felt comfortable with them because like if it was uh, if I felt out of place ever, I'd just be like, yo, what's the deal with like X, Y, Z or how does this work? And they would just tell me because they, they were sort of like they'd been golfing a long time. So, yeah, but I, I don't know if I was really in it enough or even just remember to be any more descriptive than than that. That's fair. I mean, because that's an answer too. you know, if, if nothing is outstanding, that's probably the best case scenario for golf totally yeah yeah um, yeah. yeah like exactly so, so many of us have i mean shit one of the one of the reasons this podcast even exists is because of dramatic experiences that we've had in golf so the fact that nothing really stands out is like i i tip my cap to you i i, I want to ask what yeah that's it's, a, it's like. a good thing it's, it's, <laughs> truly yeah yeah, yeah yeah what's that like not to be scarred yeah i just think i wasn't around long enough to have a scarring incident and if i had i, I definitely would have remembered it so mm-hmm. you know yeah. just yeah, gotta yeah, just, yeah. just in the nick of time i guess i know you know the past couple of years have have been the, the bulk of your your golf experience um have you made any core memories sounds like you have a set group of people that you enjoy playing with yeah, I mean, no holes in one yet, so start there. Mm. That no core memory of that. <laughs> um, but traveling to play golf is is like a new type of thing. Like a golf trip is is a new idea to me. And so I've gone on a couple. Um, actually, like one of the first ones. This this is a really good memory. So we were watching uh scratch and um eric goes to this course up in northern california called northwood which is like within the redwoods um we were just like shot beautifully enamored with this we all like camping too so we're like oh you know what we need to do is like go on a camping golf trip um and like go up and camp in the redwoods and then go golf and play at this course so i think like two years ago we drove up uh to the redwoods we camped we played northwood um, and it was just such an amazing experience to like spend the weekend with my boys and go golf this incredible course that we like had watched this video and like, and it, we were in love with this course and like the visuals of it, um, to just go have that experience was like such a, yeah, such a memorable one and one I'll, I'll never forget. 
that course is incredible. Yeah. Like really, really, I cool. know that that, that piece was shot beautifully, but it doesn't even do it the full justice. Like you really have to be there to experience just how, how grand that place is just like the, the environment around it, like up the fourth fairway, you know, it's just lined with those homes and you can tell that the, the community around that course actually care about it too. Like, mm-hmm. cause they'll be out, out in the back with their dogs, you know, they'll, uh, I mean, even, even the, the folks that maintain that course, you know, they're a family, uh, it's yeah. run by like three people. <laughs> um, at the top, you, uh, you said, uh, you, you love golf and you love therapy. So I'm curious, uh, how therapy fits into your life. I think it's one of these things like, um, like going to the gym, you know what I mean? It's like, you keep your body healthy, you exercise it, you do things that are hard, that are difficult, and it prepares you to, it prepares your body to deal with, with life and lets you go golf and it, 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 it can relax and settle you. It helps you sleep. It does all these things that were objectively like, this is good for your body to get exercise and to move it. Right. Uh, and we're only recently coming into this era of understanding that therapy is essentially exercise for the mind and 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 why would we not spend time doing things that are difficult but that position our brain to be in a better situation to deal with all the things it has to deal with you know it's like we stress our body so it's capable uh i don't understand why we generally don't stress is somewhat the wrong word but why we do difficult things with our mind to better prepare itself you know and so i think therapy mm-hmm. is one of those things uh and it's surprising that at some generally one hour a week, how, you know, how much benefit one can derive from such a low commitment. You know, I'm in the gym like four or five times a week for a couple hours. You know what I mean? It's like spending a lot of time to get that result. Um, and then therapy, I can get just a good a, a, of a result in one hour a week. Though I've never tried to do fair therapy as often as I go to the gym. I wonder what that what that experience would be like. <laughs> to be like, yo, five times a week, dog. Like I'm yeah, let's go. Like, yeah. trying to make, trying to right, bulk up your mental yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. see this afternoon. Game, brain games. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wonder if there would be uh, exponential returns to doing. I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know if I want to run that experiment, but it would be interesting. Um, Try to yeah. flex this yeah, hippocampus just, real quick. That. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, that yeah, sounds exactly. like uh, that sounds like Super Size Me, where the dude ate all the McDonald's, but you just do therapy like three times a day. <laughs> it's, that's, yeah, you gotta yeah. be, someone's someone must have made that documentary by now, but if not, maybe you could, <laughs> you could direct it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the next is the uh, yeah, the golf therapy uh, movie. Yeah, three. You do five hours a week, five rounds of golf a week for a month. See where you end up. I'm I'm in on that. Yeah, that actually sounds pretty sick. I I would love to see, not necessarily an experiment, but I would love to see like what a what what results would come from like a holistic treatment center if it were centered around golf. That's quite interesting. Yeah. Say you know you're experiencing um, you know extreme depression or, or addiction or whatever ails you, and you go to this and you so happen to have a penchant for golf <laughs> and you go to this, this treatment center and it's like at Pinehurst, you know? And yeah. for, th- for three hours a day as a part of your treatment, you walk the golf course like barefoot 
and no cell phones, no nothing. You're just completely detached and it's you and your clubs and nature. And like, I, I don't want to go to an inpatient facility, but if, <laughs> if I'm ever what in that, that position, <laughs> yeah, right. If it, if it's out there is for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, I mean, you know, I, I can only imagine for certain individuals, it would be profoundly impactful, you know, like, mm-hmm. because this idea of just being detached, removed, focusing on something that you can do and or control, there's, there's uh, probably a lot of symptoms that would benefit from that type of treatment for sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What do you think is your, your sales pitch to somebody who, uh, who doesn't, like golf doesn't know about golf doesn't give a shit about golf like say you're trying to get a cousin or like you know one of your best friends into the game i, I, I don't know I was, I was with a friend last night and she was telling me we're just talking about doing activities she plays tennis she does a bunch of snowboards does a bunch of stuff and we're just talking about i, I mentioned that i golf and she was just like uh she was just out on it <laughs> she was like oh, i golf with my dad i, I hate it or, something like that. or i don't like it it's not fun. she was like red flag yeah yeah well it was like because i was like okay what what do i do with this like do i push or i just go like yeah it's cool <laughs> like it, you know it doesn't have to be for you I, you know like I, I don't know yeah and i just kind of was like yeah i get i get it i mean you know she she had tried it before you know and and i was like mm-hmm. it's, it's not it's not for everybody but that's a bit of a different situation right like i think the the question really is like I, I'm interacting with someone that's like curious about it that we, cause you, you know, is open to it. And like, what am I, what am I saying to them? I mean, I definitely mm-hmm. typically push it. I'm like, you got it. You got to try. I preface it with like, it's really hard. It's really frustrating. Yeah. But I was like, but it's so rewarding and the challenge is fun. And I would, I, I, I just end on being like, I love it. So it's like, if you're anything like me and ideally probably ours, if we're talking and having an enjoyable conversation and you should try it. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, don't, yeah. I, I try not to have a hard sell on things, but I definitely push it as an experience one should do. Cause I, I think it's good, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and like, if you're speaking on like your personal, I guess, gains or benefits from, from golf, what do you think that would be? I have a follow-up question. My personal gains and benefits. Um, I don't know, dude, because it's like, I, I say like, oh, I think it like calms me. Cause I'm like, spend so much time like you know, outside and the pace slows. But I, uh, to be quite frank, like I, I, I get stressed out because if I spend four or five hours on the golf course, I, it makes me feel like I'm behind in work sometimes, you know? So this is, this is mm. actually a challenge that I, that I face, right? Where I'm like, okay, I want to golf, but it's like, that's my day. Can I afford a day to go do this when I'm not working, not doing X, Y, Z, not being productive in other, in other avenues of my life? So it, it isn't, while I do think it is, relaxing and calming and and there's probably i i know that there's a bunch of benefits for me to separate from my relentless work life to go do something else um i i still find challenges within being at peace with that uh and, and that's like the honest answer you know what i mean hmm. um not yeah. always it's not like every time i go i'm like oh god i should be working <laughs> but i'm just saying like that idea is not void of my psyche uh, uh sometimes you know Mm-hmm. Um, wow. but, but I do think that I, I don't think that it's just like, okay, it's fun. Um, albeit that it obviously is. Um, I, I do think that, you know, this whole idea of like 
learning how to be persistent or to have tenacity or to to appreciate the things that are difficult in life because I'm reminded about that as I play golf. It's like that that extends to every aspect of my life, right? So it's like how mm-hmm. valuable is that lesson or or that bit of insight that I hold with me as I go through other things that are challenging in life. I think that that's highly valuable and 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 that type of insight came from playing golf. So you know, on that end of things, it's like, yeah, I, I, I learn about other things I'm doing in playing golf that I think are quite, are quite beneficial. Yeah. Hmm. That, and that, yeah. that's, yeah, that was at the heart of the question. And, um, <laughs> follow up would be because, well, because you've learned those things about yourself, like what is your, what is your self talk like when you're playing, you put yourself uh, okay, down so or I, you, <laughs> eh, I, this is this is what I try to do. Okay, yeah, I I, I really try to avoid like negative self talk, um, and I think I'm pretty good at it. Though, like sometimes, you know, after like your sixth hole of like chunking every shot, it, <laughs> you can get a little, you know. But uh, I don't like, you know, I chunk one shot. I'm not I'm not cursing cursing at the at the gods. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, I do try to have uh, as much patience with myself as I can, um, and it really doesn't happen. Like, it's kind of funny, like we, the, you know, there's like four guys that play a lot and we definitely have different levels of tolerance with, with ourselves and how we're playing. Um, and for better or for worse, one of the gentlemen that I play with has a bit of a shorter fuse. And, and when he reacts, all it does is reiterate to me how I should not react like that. You know what I mean? Mm. And so, mm. like, maybe if he was even keeled, I would end up getting mad more because it's less of a I'm, I'm not somebody got to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Maybe it'd be me. Um, but yeah, I try to I try to just like um, I, I tell myself this, too. There's a term like, I, I surf as well. And there's I, there's this phrase I learned in surfing, which is the best surfer out there is the one having the most fun. And I feel that like also applies to golf. You know, it's like if you're having a good time, it's like you, the, the, this is what matters. This is what counts. It's like we're not competing. It's like, yeah, it does feel good to play well and to pure an iron shot for sure. But it's like if I don't, it's not the end of the world. And, and I and I'm only robbing myself of enjoyment by getting frustrated. No, that doesn't mean again, as I said, it doesn't mean I'm completely void of ever getting frustrated. It obviously happens. Um, but I just try my best to just stay even keeled. Um and I do try to like take my time. There's another thing that like Tiger said, and I don't remember exactly, exactly what it was, but it was something to the extent of like, you, every shot you take is like the most important shot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, what I really, I've actually started to have a lot more fun with taking that approach, especially after bad shots, right? So it's like really easy to like hit a bad tee shot, be in the rough chunk your second shot and then be like screw this hole and like just walk up and just cranking like whatever i'll just figure it out so i really try to just think about every shot being sort of like the most important shot and like the uh, almost like like this is the shot like if i am in a tournament like this is the shot that's going to make or break my thing not so much to add pressure but just to add a bit of like pause and to give myself time to think about what i really want to do make a plan yeah. and like try to execute that thing, you know, it, 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 and I think that once I started doing that, it, it actually makes it a lot more fun. It resets any kind of bad, you were able to leave like the bad shot behind you. Cause you're like, okay, there's a new shot. And if I maybe just 
duffed four in a row. And <laughs> so I was like, okay, like, here we go. Like new chance. Right. Um, and I think that that really helps me get through the round without getting too, too pissed off. <laughs> yeah. I, I love to hear that Cole, because as a, a person that has uh, come to the game later in life, I feel like that is that lesson of taking it one shot at a time, making every shot the most important one is one of the hardest lessons to learn in golf because golf is so hard. It's so difficult. It's so frustrating that it's really easy to let a few bad shots compound and ruin your whole hole, the whole round. And uh, I guess just speaking personally, that was something that really hurt my, my golf game when I was younger. Um, both Brad, Connor and I, we all played uh, high school and collegiate level golf. So we played at a, you know, relatively high level, but uh, for me, it was just, man, I, if I could have been in a better headspace back then, I think I would have played a lot better. And and now that I'm not competing in in any sort of level of golf, I actually play better golf now as an adult than I did when I was a a competitive golfer. So it's, yeah, uh, kudos to you for finding that now in life and not having to go through all the the trials and tribulations that we have, uh, because yeah, you're, you're on, you're on the right side of, of golf for sure. Oh, well, thank yeah. you. I, I also think that it just, it just like harks back to this idea that I, I like a challenge and there is no harder challenge than being in like a bad headspace on the golf course. And then like trying to like calm down and get into like a good headspace. That is literally the hardest thing. Oh my but gosh. I convinced myself like, this is now my challenge. I need to let this go. This is like my mental hurdle. And like try to get through it and try to just like resettle and like reshift my tonal energy to be one that's not so frustrated and agitated. And so I look at that like a challenge and uh, not 100% successful, of course, but I, I always I always try. <laughs> Can you think of a time in your work where you've had to challenge yourself in a similar way? One that's like not under NDA? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, past, pro- past <laughs> projects. I mean, every, I mean, man, like I was... I was directing these videos for Katy Perry. It was a three-day shoot. Day two went to 18 hours, and we still had to shoot day three. And it was just like, we're like behind schedule. This is like a huge, this is, a, this is a, to the date, my biggest job, you know, I've done. Uh, and it was just like, you know, it, it's a constant bombardment of like problem, 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 problem. You know what I mean? Like, that's why you get behind schedule. And these are like, ginormous problems it's like oh this set isn't ready or like oh this we need to like change these lights so now this is good if you want to do it that way it's 45 minutes we could do it this way and it's like 12 minutes but like you're negotiating these things and you're always kind of like up against the wall to like figure out how to proceed in the next step right and and as the director it's like it, it's a bit like top down like tonally and like energetically wise where if i'm in a frenzy if i'm in a panic the entire crew there is gonna feed off that and turn a little bit more agitated frenetic or whatever um Mm -hmm. and that's only going to make things harder and it's only going to make things less enjoyable so i think like even at that stage of my career i just understood the value of like keeping cool in face of you know these these stressors or adversities or challenges or whatever um and yeah i noticed the benefit of like keeping cool about it and I, i think i started to develop that kind of a response to stress by being on set um Mm. so yeah but but that is not uncommon on set you're always behind schedule you always have to cut right you know what i mean so it's like um i wonder how much of of my golf approach has come from years of like 
being like, we got to shoot, get it together, you know, and just be like, okay, <laughs> right. calm down, let's stay focused. Lunch let's is in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's literally like on a set, you're going shot by shot and every shot you take is the most important shot. You know what I mean? But you got to finish this shot before you go to the next shot. You got to make sure everything mm-hmm. ex- is mm-hmm. executed properly. So even in that, it's like not only is the wording the same, but the approach is, is not too dissimilar too. What would you say like the general vibe is that you try to create on set like because you said it's it's top-down energy like yeah you might you might have talent that's number one on the call sheet but it's your show uh i mean so so like first thing if i'm directing typically i'm producing and i always try to I, i really enjoy like there's people that i found in my in my years working in la that i that i not only enjoy working with but i love as people and so it's like you know, you find these good people that work hard, that are creative and are good to be around. And I try to fill my sets with those types of people, uh, people that are there to not only work hard, but to enjoy it because it's like they're doing what they love to do. And I will take a hardworking person with a good attitude over some talented person that is difficult to work with any, any day of the week. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so I really like, that's how it starts. Um, and then on set, it's like, I'm always some always thankful to be working so it's like i'm happy in that sense uh and i just like i know there's an opportunity to not only be productive and creative and like make something cool but it is possible to have a good time doing it so i just try to keep that in mind and use my experience in like keeping cool and not stressing out so you know i don't have a set that is just super stressful for everybody even if i'm stressed out like (laughs) i could be having sort of like the worst time but it's like, I don't, you know, if I can avoid everybody else having a worse time, like it's, it's not even going to help. Like if I am expressive about how difficult my day is, it's not going to actually help me get through that day. And it's not going to help anybody <laughs> right. else get through that day. It's only going to make it harder. So it's like, well, just shut up and like do the job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and, and try to make it as good as you can, I guess. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll come to your set anytime. You need a PA, you need a grip. Heck you yeah. Need a gaffer. Yeah. Yeah, PA. I, I I'm great at getting coffee. Um, yeah, I got you. Love right. It. <laughs> These are important things. On uh, well, Cole, we uh, we appreciate you joining us today, and we want to get you out to enjoy the the long holiday weekend here. Uh, but we have some meat potato questions that we like to ask every single one of our guests that that grace the couch on group health therapy. So our first question is: Can you tell us a time when you laughed at the hardest on the golf course? You know, just just my friends missing crucial putts <laughs> or, or or more so like talking smack mm. and like and then missing missing the putt and it and it's like almost the gimme it's like they're just outside a gimme zone and they yeah. talk smack and it's an important putt and they step up and they miss it and i mean just laughing thinking about it. I, I can't think of like i mean this has happened all too many times but <laughs> there's just been some instances where just laughing forever on on stuff like that or just like the crazy stuff we say to each other it's just you'll laugh for three holes about a joke something said like on <laughs> like hours ago you know what i mean so yeah yeah just a, a lot of instances we we like to just we have a whole set of hu- our own humor on the golf course and it just goes for hours and it's, and it's kind of bad Love that. Gotta have good people around you. You know, if I'm spending mm-hmm, mm-hmm. up to five hours with you, I gotta enjoy it while I'm there. Absolutely. Um, if you were to play a round of golf with the younger version of yourself, maybe that 
young uh, Van- Vancouverite. How do, how do you that say is, that? That is correct. That is correct. Vancouverite. On the first try, well stop done. playing with me. Yeah. Stop playing with me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that young Vancouverite who was playing golf with their high school friends, if you were able to play a round of golf with that version of yourself, what do you think the conversation would be about? Not necessarily like advice about golf, but just what would y'all talk about? Ah, that's a good, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of like what, the, what the younger Cole, I mean, would talk about back then. I mean, obviously it, it, heavy into skateboarding back then. So probably talk about that. And I think at that point in my life, wondering what to do i i think it would it would inevitably end up going to some type of advice um where yeah like so you know like you you interact with someone that's like older like that was the thing like at that age you know like high school age say i was like 16 17 and maybe i'm being too favorable to myself but you have someone that's like similar demographic but like old and kind of cool you know what i mean I, I think that like at that age, it's like you really try to absorb some information because you don't get to interact with like when I'm 17, like I'm not I'm not talking to like, you know, you know, like someone who's like older, but like has experience that I can still relate to. I feel like those people just were out of touch. It's like you're talking to your parents or like your teachers, like where is like mm-hmm. the cool person that like just graduated <laughs> college or whatever. Like you, you don't ever get yeah. to talk to those people. But if you played around with them, I just think that like the the kid in me would just ask questions about about life being an, being an older man or like what they learned from my age their age you know what i mean and then for me mm-hmm. now talking to like a younger guy on the course um i don't know just probably my 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 i mean i know you said no advice but my advice would be just kind of like to just chill out and enjoy the ride you know what i mean i think we spend so much time stressing about xyz we literally forget to like enjoy the ride constantly so i think that's always a good a good reminder and a good thing to think about that's so fucking hard to do it's so hard to do yeah but like but it's a good you reminder. don't have a choice you don't have a choice yeah right that that's the only option what what's gonna matter these things that you're stressing out about or like you know in, in six months time you're gonna look back and be like oh what happened that summer you know what I mean? Like what, mm. you know, like you didn't really sit and enjoy it. And it's like, you only have one summer at the age you're at and you want to spend it all stressing out about stuff. That's not going to matter next summer or, or you're right. going to take some time mm. and just like soak it all in and try to just like remember it all. You know what I mean? There's only mm-hmm. the, like we say, we say we only have like one life, but it's like, you only have, you know, there's only one summer where you're that age. It's mm. not that it's like, that's it. You know, if you break these these moments down into <laughs> into smaller smaller pieces that you can really identify of like the scarcity of it all, you you do your best to not waste the time. Not even not waste it, just enjoy it. You know what I mean? Just right. be present and enjoy just it. Just be present. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want to waste your summer, be present doing it and just soak it all in. <laughs> yeah. Soak all the wasteful time you're spending. Actively you know, waste yeah. your summer. Do yourself summer. that favor. Mm. Yeah. Even if you're wasting the whole summer, do yourself mm. a favor. Really soak all in that wasteful time and really suck it <laughs> in and enjoy it. I love that. That that reminds me of a quote from Jerry Seinfeld. And I don't know, I don't remember what the exact quote was, but he said something to the effect of, 
you don't need to spend quality time with your kids. Uh, it's it's all about like the garbage time, that uh, uh, just like the just enjoying the moments that you do have. So it's like it could be you're just sitting at the breakfast table eating cereal, or I'm driving them to school, and it's you know you're not necessarily having these like deep, thoughtful, uh, impactful conversations with them, but just the fact that you're there together in each other's presence. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the things that you need to take account for and you can't take those those times for granted so i think the same kind of what you're saying it's like you don't everything doesn't have to be this amazing thing and and we don't have to be killing everything that we're doing but just enjoying the process of of doing it and and just being present while we're there Uh, like you said even even the time that you might be wasting and just acknowledging that you are present i think is that's great advice man i love that heck yeah that hits me even as an adult man (laughs) enjoying the garbage time Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I love that. Jerry the goat. Let's go out and enjoy that garbage time, huh? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, um, cool. What are your favorite golf smells? I mean, I, I, obviously, like freshly cut grass. Obviously, like, that's hard to beat. Mm-hmm. But the other one that I really loved, that I really loved, hot dogs at the turn. Yes. You get yes. the scent of the hot dog at the turn. Let's go. Oh man. You know what time I'm it is. So I'm so amped. Yeah. What is yeah, your those two, what's, those are my what's two. your uh what's the hot what, what do you how do you prepare a, a perfect turn dog? What is what is Cole's perfect everything. turn dog? Throw it all everything. on there. You, everything. If you got jalapenos, yeah, put it on, man. Yeah. Okay. Give me all, give me all Absolutely. all the flavors. Load it up. Yeah. All yeah. the flavors. I, Fully because I'm in a rush and I don't want to be like oh a no no this a little of that just like everything. Put it all everything on there and I'm gone. Oh, I love that. Start smelling it at hole seven. You already oh you know time to go. Yeah, man, I know yeah, it's for I'm already. Today. I'm playing on Sunday, and I'm already thinking of the hot dog. <laughs> two days away. <laughs> oh my god, can't wait! Because <laughs> I don't eat hot dog man. any other time ever in life. You know what I mean? Like, what am I? What am I? I mean, I guess sometimes in barbecue and stuff, but like at large. Like, yeah, like randomly. Right. You're not right. going to a store. A to, yeah, you're not going to the store buying a, a six pack and then grilling them up yourself. Like that's not. <laughs> no, that's not something people no, do. No, typically. No. <laughs> But hot dogs are delicious, and yeah. so being on the golf course is a great excuse to have mm-hmm. one, and I and I love it. Agreed, agreed. Man, I love Man. it. I love it. This was this was so fun, Cole. Appreciate your time today. Yeah, guys, um, thanks for having me. This is a blast. Anytime, uh, I'm I'm heading down toward Venice. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be checking on you. Make sure you're there. Hey, you got, you got yeah. Denmark? Seven AM Penmar. I'll shoot shoot you a DM. Yes. Tuesday at seven. I'm gonna shoot you a DM. Hey, you at Penmar? Let's get in there. <laughs> Let's get in there. I'm in. I would love that.